Greetings, Earthlings. How you doing today? Thank you for listening to Are You For Real? My name's Tom, and with me, as always, is Grant. Hello. So, last week we discussed To The Stars Academy, and now we're going to discuss the actual videos that they released. Um, So far, To The Stars Academy has released three videos to the public. The first one is titled Gimbal. Uh, The second is titled Fleer One, or Tic Tac. And the third is entitled Go Fast. And in this episode, we're going to be primarily discussing just Gimbal and Go Fast, I think. Right, Grant? Yeah, yeah. If we get to both of them, we'll we'll see how long it goes, too. We might might save the other one for the next episode here. But Sounds good. We'll have to play it as we go. Um, I wanted to say full disclosure, I didn't really write it in here, but uh, it's been a while since we sat down at these microphones, I think. And... um, so even though you guys just listened to us talking about to the stars last week, I don't really remember <laughs> too much about what we discussed. And, and but, uh, we're, we're a little older. We're a little wiser now. True so that, that uh, that's going to work to our benefit and yours as well with the knowledge that we're about to impart on you. And since we started that, we've actually released it to the public. So yes. we started publishing it here. So we're yes. just getting started. You know, obviously we're like a month or so ahead of uh, when we publish these. But right. Um, but a big thank you to everyone who's been liking and subscribing yeah. and uh, on iTunes and Spotify and some other some other platforms too, right? Yeah, we're on Stitcher and Google. I'm not really familiar with the Google one since I got an iPhone. but um, Okay. Yeah, so all the Android stuff too. And uh, yeah, rate and review. Yes. That's the only currency we have right now. Yes. That's the only payment we can get for all this work I've been doing here. Yes. And it is more work than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so anyway, uh, first I wanted to review a little bit of background on the release of the videos, and then we can get into what the videos show and some analysis here. The videos are all available on the To The Stars Academy website, which also breaks down the HUD, or uh, Heads Up Display, information shown on the videos. I think it's really interesting stuff, and I would highly recommend checking them out for yourself. As we stated on the previous episode, A lot of the information we will review also comes from the To The Stars Academy produced History Channel show, Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation, which devotes many episodes to further background evaluation and follow up on all three videos. And we will get into some of that information here as well. That's the, I think that's a really intriguing part, honestly. So I want to, I want to see what you think about some of these claims. You got to see the show. It's yeah, Yeah. And hopefully it's on Hulu or something because I'm not. I don't have a cable provider anymore, but um, I'll yeah. keep my eyes out. I think I can track it down somehow. As I mentioned to you, yeah, I, I watch it at my parents' house through the digital recording service there, so I'm lucking out there. But um, uh, yeah, if you're interested in this show, then I would I would point you to that show because it's it's cool. There's a lot of good firsthand accounts there. Um, so. All three of these videos were released to the public in a piecemeal fashion by the to the Stars Academy through the New York Times. So they have not actually been officially released by the U.S. military or the Department of Defense or DOD, which I think is interesting to note. Unless you count Lou Elizondo as representing the Department of Defense. As we explained in the previous episode, Elizondo quit the advanced aerostrip. <laughs> Let me try that again. Elizondo quit the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, immediately before joining the To the Stars Academy team. 
The videos seem to have been obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, also known as FOIA, or maybe through Elizondo's connections through ATIP. It's hard to say. I believe it's probably a kind of mix of both, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, through his connections there, he kind of got the information that was obtained through the FOIA is kind of my theory. But um, recently on September 17th, 2019, the Navy did go on the record and confirm device's motherboard that the objects are in fact unidentified. To quote the article, quote, Navy spokesman Joseph Gratisher told Motherboard that the Navy considers the phenomena contained depicted in these three videos as unidentified. Right. And unidentified means exactly that. That's not uh, a confirmation of alien origin or anything. What that means, as far as I interpret it, is it's not one of ours. Yeah. Or it could be top secret one of theirs, too, you know. True. Okay. Which is is a horse we're going to beat a lot around here, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, exactly. So it, it's an intriguing statement and you want to jump to that means a UFO is an alien, you know, but it, it could also mean it's just a balloon or a, um, like a bird or something that they, they didn't bother identifying cause they know it's just like an everyday object or something like that. You know, it occurs to me. That's what a lot of the skeptics are saying too, is like, yeah, this isn't anything fantastic, you know? Well, I've seen a couple of the videos and me personally, from a layman's perspective, that ain't no bird either. It's <laughs> no bird that I've seen. Well, I had a bird's nest outside my house. All right. I, I'd like to say I'm a little bit familiar with birds. All right. We got Cooper's hawks all over the place. Uh, I'm, I'm not an ornithologist by any means, but yeah, well, I think I could tell what a bird looks like on a video. And from what I've seen, that ain't no bird. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Cause it, it does just show something flying over the water, you know, and then, this is after looking at all the debunk, debunction. Is that, is that a word? Debunction websites. It is now. Yeah, all the debunkers and and their analysis, and it they make a really compelling point that it could just be one of those things. So, um, wow. Okay. But uh, but we'll we'll analyze that in, in a few minutes here. Um, so all three of the videos are taken from the forward-looking infrared or FLIR cameras on board the F-18 fighter jets. According to, to the Stars Academy, all of these videos have the official military chain of custody documents attached to them to prove their viability, although these have not been released to the public. But to make a long story short, these videos do appear to be official first-hand U.S. military videos of unexplainable area phenomena, or as To the Stars Academy puts it, quote, The pilots aboard the Super Hornet are not only highly capable fighter pilots, but they are trained observers skilled at scrutinizing their observations and targets in order to ascertain friend or foe. They are specifically trained to look for discrete changes in shape, size, position, flight altitude angles, and speed in order to determine the nature of the threat. They're able to discern nuanced details that few people would normally recognize. Paramount to their training is their ability to handle stress and maintain radio discipline. In the footage audio, they are clearly struggling to understand what they are witnessing, end quote. Now, that being said, there are plenty of expert keyboard, keyboard warriors out there who are debunking these videos. And they actually make a lot of good arguments and convincing points, but I feel like the debunkers are also ignoring a lot of the data that has since come to light. We'll take a look at some of the debunkers' analysis here as well. Um, the first two videos we will discuss are called Gimbal and Go Fast. And while they were released separately, they have both since been verified to have been recorded on January 21st, 2015, 
during training exercises of the Roosevelt, Roosevelt Carrier Group over the Atlantic off of the coast of Jacksonville, Florida. So this was a singular event that was released in two videos. Yeah, it's hard to know if they happened like right off after each other, but they were they were definitely on the same day by the same person, I believe. Okay, so it wasn't one singular event filmed by two different vessels. Right, right. So, yeah, I'll I'll get into it a little bit a little bit later here, but yeah, they. I mean, I think they were pretty connected. But wait, wait till you hear some of these some of these stories here. It's it's pretty interesting. Oh um, man, I'm 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 eager to yeah, say the well, least. <laughs> we'll uh so we'll include a link to the To the Stars Academy video archive in the show notes and if you haven't seen these for yourself, I highly recommend taking a look at them. And just to be clear, so it's uh so you can look these up for yourself. It's Gimbal, G I M B A L, uh not Gamble, um which I originally thought it was at first. Oh, yeah. And uh, the other one is Go Fast. Uh, obviously, Geo Space F A S T. But thankfully, Grant will put these uh, links in the show, yeah, in the show notes as he was just saying. If you can access them, yeah, they. Um, I'm putting a lot of links on there actually, because all the interesting, most interesting ones, I think. Um, so if if you're interested, I would I would take a look at the first hand accounts here too. Um. So, uh, but yeah, the 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 to the stars website has them all archived on the same page there so you can just click on the link, the first link there and uh see all three videos in in a couple minutes handy definitely and then there's some uh there's they have links to like some official report the military reports and everything and some interviews with the pilot one of the pilots and uh lots of goodies there so um to be honest they're actually a little underwhelming these videos as they're really not much more than the black and white blurs moving against the background of cult <laughs> Let me try that again. No, they're um, so they're yeah, they're like black and white blurs moving against the background of clouds or waves, depending on the video. Um, but the supporting documents and testimonials available in the archive, as well as the background stories offered both on the History Channel show or on other online videos and interviews, are very intriguing. I think. Okay, and that's how it tends to be, or that's how it has tended to be throughout the history of U.S. UFO folklore. A lot of blurry lights, a lot of blurry footage, but the intriguing part, I think, is who it comes from and the story that they have to tell. Um, I remember there was an episode of, guess what, Unsolved Mysteries that I watched back in the day um, where there was all sorts of lights in Mexico City that were all over the place, and the Mexican Air Force, uh, the Mexican government was like, we don't know what this is. And there was a very famous Mexican journalist whose name I can't remember, who was testifying uh, to the Unsolved Mysteries audience uh, that, hey, we don't know what this is. This is really like unprecedented. This is amazing. Right. So to me, just watching the videos, it looks like some weird blurry lights and everything like that. But when you hear a, a very well-respected journalist saying, look at this stuff, man. Like, well, what is this? In all my years, I've never seen anything like this. And when you have a government saying essentially the same thing, that's when my ears prick up. And that's what helps kind of validate the um the blurriness of it I, I don't think validate is the right word it helps to um yeah i mean you need the background information to really i mean it, it is it looks like lights in the sky so it, it could be anything really you know right but um yeah with all these experts saying yeah we we've never seen anything like this and you, you know you tend to take that pretty seriously right um i think the yeah, and I think to the untrained eye like like that's what i mean like the the go fast video which we'll get into but it is it's just like 
a white dot traveling over the waves, you know? So, but when you hear the context of it and when you hear, um, who it's coming from, what they stand to gain, if they stand to gain anything at all, um, that I think can help you get to the truth of the matter, which is the most important thing. And which is what, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And Grant. I, I we're trying to get to the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I tend to trust the, uh, the military experts over like some guy on the internet or something, you know, that's doing some math equations with the numbers he's got or whatever. But yeah, um, as, uh, yeah. But maybe maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here too. But uh, that's what we call a tangent in yeah. business, and that's my bad. But I mean, it, it's it's a, I think it's an interesting point, you know, because you know you're like, oh wow, a flying saucer video, and then you see like a speck like moving in the sky, or just like a some some blinking lights like in a green background. You know that you remember that case with uh, like the Mexican Air Force, I believe it was. Um, you know they were saying, hey, these are UFOs, but then you look at the video, and you're like, oh. Okay, I guess, you know, it's not a flying saucer just on an alien waving or anything like that, but um yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about that case? I think is it the Belgian one you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I think it was well, the Belgian one. Was it? Okay. Um there the one that the I video, think there's been a few. Yeah, honestly, there have been. The, so. the Mexican the, the Mexican one that I saw was um there was actually like an air show that was going on oh, yeah, with yeah. helicopters, right? right. I've seen and there that, was like yeah. a thing that looked like it dropped down almost through one of the rotor blades on a moving helicopter or something bizarre like that. Wow. Or I it comes dangerously out, close, if not actually passing through the rotors, which is right. ridiculous. I mean, yeah. and so I've, you know, immediately I thought lens flare or I thought some kind of, you know, optical thing with the camera. But when you look at it, it actually, it's very, um, and it kind of made the hair on the back of my neck on the back of my neck stand. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I gotta say, like, and we'll get into it here. Like, even the show, like the testimonials are they're crazy, you know. But um, doing the research on here and and just coming across different military accounts and everything of people just, I mean, it seems like a commonplace thing after a while when you just keep reading these accounts, you know. I mean, who knows what's going on out in the ocean? Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, so. Um, the video that is probably the most compelling is the first one that was released to the public, the gimbal video, which was released on December 16th, 2017, along with the New York times article, which disclosed the top secret a tip program to the public. Um, according to the, to the stars Academy website. Okay. So this is on the website under the, yeah, it's like right under the video. Okay. Gotcha. Quote. With the chain of custody documentation, Gimbal can officially be designated as credible, authentic evidence of a UAP. Evidence of a flying vehicle with a shape normally associated with something out of science fiction. Currently, there are no other known technologies that we can compare to what is being observed in both performance and design, which means there's a craft that demonstrates flight characteristics unlike anything we know, understand, or can duplicate. Because we cannot duplicate these flight characteristics, we can conclude that the object is employing technologies that are far more advanced than our own. Gimbal is just one of several official videos obtained by To The Stars Academy that can be interpreted as credible proof that the physics of advanced flight exists. We are also in the process of collecting additional data from both military and civilian personnel and sensors. The question now changes from, can it be done to how is it done? And uh, the gimbal video itself shows a strange shape above the clouds, which appears to rotate along with audio of the pilots discussing what they're seeing. 
Um, again, I mean, that, that quote that you just read, it says that it's a saucer, but it, it looks like a heat signature. So it's hard for the untrained eye to really make anything in my, in my opinion out of it. Okay. Um, it's hard for, well, as I wrote, it is hard for the untrained eye to really make much of the footage, but the To The Stars Academy video has subtitles of the pilots talking and explanation of the heads-up display over the footage. Yeah, that's that in itself, I think, is the most intriguing, incredible, and credible uh, thing about the video, mm-hmm. is people who are experts in that field um, kind of at a loss for explaining what it is. Yeah, they seem pretty uh pretty blown away in it, right. I think. Um So, and I and I think the analysis of the heads-up display and stuff that's all just really interesting too, you know. They talk about the camera shifting and uh is that the one where they talk about the Yeah, well they talk about the different display modes and they kind of break down some of the uh you know, some of the the numbers on the heads-up display and stuff. I I don't know, I'm just interested because I'm interested in like piloting or I'm not interested in yeah. piloting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean it's cool stuff, you know, um, but really all that you can see is a dark shape that does look kind of like, like a cartoonish flying saucer, maybe that appears to rotate um, just the general shape. But it really is just like kind of like a black or a white blob. Um, I know I'm more familiar with the footage than you are, so I'm, I don't know if you remember it that well or uh, not particularly. But, um, you know, I think we could take a break and I could take a gander at it. Yeah, we probably should have looked at it beforehand, yeah. you know, um, you want to do that real quick? Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Hey guys, sorry to butt into the conversation here, but I just wanted to tell you about our sponsor, CBG Dub Cigar Box Guitars. Uh, as the sole proprietor, I, I hand make these guitars myself. I'm really proud of them. They're made from old cigar boxes, but as you can hear, they sound good plugged in. They sound good acoustic. Um, they come in, or they come with a hand-cut bottleneck slide that I make myself. Um, they're just a lot of fun to play. They're set up for slide guitar. I, I like to think of them as a, as a slide training guitar. Uh, make a great gift for any musician, and they, they look really good just hanging on the wall, too. I think they're kind of a piece of art, you know? Um, you can find us at Etsy.com, where I also offer free shipping. Um, just search for CBG Dub at Etsy.com. That's uh, CBG as in Cigar Box Guitar, and then D-U-B. And um, right now, I'm offering my listeners, until the end of the year, 15% off with uh, coupon code UFOPOD at checkout. So that's U-F-O-P-O-D. I put it in all caps, but I don't know if that really matters. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. So we just we just got back from uh, from Tom watching the videos. He looks stunned here. He's, he's been keeping pretty mum here. So you got got any impressions? Or anything? I do. Uh, I think it's both of them. I watched Gimbal and I watched Go Fast. Uh, we'll get more into Go Fast later. Yeah. Uh, Gimbal is pretty pretty weird to say the least. Um, and I think, as I mentioned before, the most compelling thing is the pilot reaction to it. Because me, uh, as a layperson, I don't have information on heads-up displays 
Right. Unless it's a video game. I mean, like, I, I don't know what a jet would look like if right, they were watching it, really. Right. So. Um, I'm sure we could look at some comparison videos for that, too. But well, whatever I, it I was, have, but, but, yeah. <laughs> but whatever, I mean, judging by their reactions and judging by how how shocked they are at what they're witnessing, um, it was pretty pretty compelling to me. Yeah. I have to say. It's pretty it's pretty neat. I think that's um I mean we'll get into it, but I think that's kind of what the skeptics are doing too. Like people are just blindly following what the military people are telling them or to the Stars Academy is telling them. But I don't I don't see a lot of reason to really doubt it either, you know. Well, I haven't heard anyone with any naval na- uh, naval flying experience any kind of flying experience say anything to the contrary. So, right, right. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be like a top story. Yeah, if um, if some pilot were to be like, "Yeah, man, that's obviously a X, Y, or Z," right? Then that would just completely take the the gimbal video off of everyone's radar, so to speak. But on the other hand, I mean, uh, I think one of them even says like, "That's a drone, bro." (laughs) So you know, who knows? There's a lot of lot of new stuff flying around these days too. So was that in the Go Fast video where he said it's a drone? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or it might have been the even the gimbal one, but I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I think it was the Go Fast one though. Okay. Um, But yeah, I I think another guy says, "What is that thing? Look at it go!" Yeah. So and um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but uh, I just listen to the David Fravor one, which is part of the third video that we're going to go over the, uh, the Nimitz encounter, which is really compelling, I think. But, um, and he was on the Joe Rogan experience and, and he was saying that, that the guys were, were looking at it visually. So, you know, okay. So it wasn't just, they were pretty sure it wasn't a kite or a bird or anything. (laughs) So, but, um, you know, once again, we're, we're, uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, so we'll, we'll discuss this, but, um, very well. Now I feel like it's getting built up too much because I'm probably just going to say a sentence about it or something. But anyway, um, so yeah, like I was saying, it was, it's hard for the untrained eye to really make much sense of the footage. But the To the Stars Academy video has subtitles of the pilots talking and explanation of the heads-up display over the footage, which I think is interesting in itself. But really all that you can see is a dark shape that does look kind of like a cartoonish flying sauce. Oh, I said all this. Um, it's been hypothesized that the name of the video comes from the shape and or motion of the object resembling a gimbal. Although some debunkers have also speculated that the name could come from the gimbal unit that is used in the camera itself. I've never heard the word gimbal said. It's a, yeah, you know, it's like one of those, I think it's kind of like a gyroscope or something. It's like a, you know, like a ring within a ring that can move. Okay. Independently of anything else. I know what a gyroscope is, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, that's what a gimbal is. Um, when you look it up, it looks like a gyroscope. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, after the initial release of these videos, there was not much more information to go off of besides the videos themselves, but the uh, History Channel show goes into a lot more background information on these events. The show makes clear that the original footage is much more clear and there is more to the footage than the snippets that were released to the public. And during the show, Elizondo himself makes it clear that there's a lot more that he wants to share, but is unable to due to a lot of the information being top secret. During the show, Elizondo talks to a few different pilots that were in the Roosevelt, Roosevelt, I can't say that they're in the Roosevelt uh, carrier group and they give a lot more background information. A lot of the pilots are afraid to come forward with any information. It seems, um, it seems like they're worried that it will damage their careers. 
According to Elizondo, the weapons officer for the gimbal video backed out of coming forward. He was uh, spooked. Dang it. Yeah. I don't like hearing that. Right, right. So uh, so one of the pilots that is willing to come forward, and this is where it gets pretty compelling, um, that was part of this carrier group of pilots is Lieutenant Ryan Graves, who is also an aerospace engineer. On the show, Graves advises that he didn't see or record the gimbal himself, but Graves says that the pilots encountered these small, strange, unidentified unidentified aircraft while running training exercise in the summer of 2014 through 2015 at Naval air station Oceana in Virginia beach so much that they started passing their videos around amongst each other. Graves said at first he thought they were just radar malfunctions and until uh, that's malfunctions, not mar functions, but I'll stop commenting on my speech here. Um, so yeah, Graves said that at first he thought they were just radar malfunctions until he saw an object up close which he describes as a cube inside of a sphere with the points of the cube touching the sphere. Weird. Yeah. So that sounds really sci-fi to me, you know? Yeah. Um, that sounds kind of like an invisible beach ball with a, with a square in it or something. Creepy. Um, and, and yeah, from what I understand from the Fravor interview, it, it, it's hard to tell if it's like a force field or if it is like a physical or like glass or plastic or something like that, you know? Huh? So just backing up a little bit, the pilots were just, we're just like kind of giving these videos to each other back and forth about, yeah, I'm going to get Hey, check this weirdness out right here. What do you think it is? Yeah. Basically. I mean, it happens so often and they're, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, but yeah, it, it happens so often that they just started like talking amongst themselves and trading the tapes of the cool stuff that they had seen or whatever. Wow. Now, uh, Graves clarifies that they sometimes get phantom objects in his words, and that they don't necessarily see the object itself, but just a flash of light in the distance. Graves stated that they started encountering bizarre craft every time they flew, and he thought they were, quote, maybe some type of drone thing. And then one of the objects almost caused a meter collision by flying between two fighter jets. And I think that's when they got a good look at it, a really good look at it, too. Um, he decided to file a safety report, but never received any answer. Huh. Um yeah. And, um, <laughs> so I'll say, Hey, there's some weird stuff lying around out here. Uh, could we get some help or some confirmation or some procedure to follow? And yeah, I like, mean, no, no, you can't. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, and I, I'll probably cover this a little bit in the future here, but, um, you know, it started to become a safety at first. There was just like, okay, these objects are always out here while we're flying, but, um, then it becomes a safety concern and, you know, they need some kind of explanation or, or some kind of reaction, you know? And and it's been reported recently that they uh, the Navy has changed its protocol for reporting these types of events to uh, to protect the pilots because they can't ask them to go fly without uh, you know without doing something for their safety or to cover them you know yeah and it seems like when these incidents happened we'll we'll stick with gimbal here uh, I think it said it was how high up twenty five thousand feet up. Or something. You know what? I don't. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, it's it's pretty okay, high. Okay, it's way up there, and there's that really seems... strong winds, and it and was kind of just holding its position too. I think. Okay. Um. And so, it, I I've never flown a drone before. I know you have one. Right. You have right. one. Can that go to twenty five thousand well, feet? Well, not the one I had. It was like twenty dollars or <laughs> right. whatever. But yeah. but are there are there drones that you can purchase that can go that high? It seems like. You would lose. Well, when I'm saying that, I'm saying like some military stuff or, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I'm just, and who knows how I'm far just, that can go. Sure. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a, 
I guess. I mean, honestly, I'm sure you could you could turn a, a jet fighter into a drone if you wanted to these days, you know. Wow. Well, right. I mean, you could get a computer to fly it if you wanted to. Yeah, that's true. I guess autopilot and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, not not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just speculating here. Obviously, I I'm not part of the engineering team or anything. But um. So anyway, Graves uh, expressed that there was nothing any of the pilots could really do. Just report the events to other pilots and your skipper, and that's about the end of it. Uh, Graves states that there are 50 to 60 people that have seen these things, and it was pretty much just the expected norm after a while. Uh, There is a moment during the show when Elizondo is showing the video to Graves and asking if he recognizes the voices in the video, and you can tell that the pilots were extremely close to each other. As Graves says, as he chuckles to himself, he would, uh, quote, recognize that voice anywhere. Uh, and in the interest of accuracy, I, I watched these like a month or two ago, so I could be mixing Graves and the pilot that is interviewed about the Go Fast video up. But uh, I watched it a few months ago, and I, yeah, I didn't include that part about recognition in my notes, but it really it did make an impression on me. Yeah, it was obvious that he uh, that these guys were close, and you can tell from the way they're talking and stuff, you know, just some, some bros hanging out. You know? Yeah. Um, so as I stated, Graves was already familiar with the gimbal video, and states that the video is just a short clip of the full video that he has seen. He also clarifies that the craft shown in the gimbal video is a significantly larger craft shaped like a traditional flying saucer that was rotating end on end, and that the longer video shows that there were also five smaller craft similar to the cube that were flying in formation and moving as a unit. You can hear one of the pilots excitedly mention that there's a whole fleet of them in the video itself, which backs us Right, up. that's one thing that I wanted to touch on, and I'm glad you mentioned that because... Uh, the gimbal floater was yeah. uh, there's there's one prominent gimbal floater but the guy obviously and clearly says the word fleet and he's kind of freaking out about it yeah. too and this was this was uh, mentioned in the fravor interview too and um he says i'm not sure if it's if like the the FLIR camera the the forward looking infrared camera on the fighter picked up the fleet or not in the video but definitely the radar did you know a lot of this is coming off radar which we'll get into too is like it's really unclear how much of this is visual because these things, you know, they could be like miles apart, really. Yeah. And um, and as Graves clarifies, sometimes, you know, you just see like a flash and, you know, you see that you can tell there's something there, but you're, there's a reflection or something. Yeah. Just like a bright spot, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to know how much is just going off the computer images and the radars and stuff and how much they're like looking at, really, um, unless they clarify it. So, um Another interesting fact to me that Graves mentions is that the, these craft weren't only seen over the Atlantic off the coast of Virginia during training, but they also reappeared once they were deployed to the Arabian Gulf. He clarifies that they weren't seen during transit, but were seen once they arrived. So once the, the, yeah, the I, Naval he, Air Force or, or the Navy? Yeah, he kind of, Na- he makes it clear that like while they were in transit, they weren't they weren't around, but then once they arrived at the uh, at the battle zone or whatever you'd call it, um, I call it the danger zone. Yeah, yeah. Once they're in the danger zone, uh, all of a sudden they're present again. Okay. So, um, as Graves puts it, these strange craft are operating with impunity near Washington D.C. in restricted military airspace and in the Middle East, which means that these bizarre craft have a quote unquote global presence. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, I mean, all that stuff's pretty mind blowing, really, you know? Right. Um, something that our, well, at least 
trained pilots don't recognize. Um, and if they are in restricted military space, that's very sketchy because that either means a it is of extraterrestrial origin and we're and we have absolutely no idea what to do about it, or it belongs to uh, foreign, probably hostile governments. Right. Are unwilling to share that kind of information with us if they've made some kind of like breakthrough. I don't even know what kind of government would have that. Yeah, and if there's a if there's another foreign power that's operating with impunity in like protected airspace, that's kind of a big yeah. deal, like a big national security issue, you know. Yeah. The other thing that occurs to me is that it could I mean, if these guys are training, then where's a better place to test experimental spycraft or anything like that, that the U S actually has that's top secret, you know, and that could, you mean, me, if it's a, you mean if it's a U.S. thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, some black budget, uh, secret, crap, you know, like the stealth bomber was for a long time or and stuff like that. Um, well, I would want to test it in an area, uh, that's least likely to be seen. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's where they're going to be testing experimental craft. You know, they're going to be around those, because I think there are some some research, or I don't know what you even call it, like research bases around there and stuff. Um, I don't know. It just occurred to me that that is kind of a logical explanation because they seem to like, I don't know, you know, they seem to show up uh, in training areas. So, and these are where like pilots or U.S. pilots are dogfighting against each other. So if you're gonna check their capabilities, but then you okay, would, I see what you're saying. You'd think they would let the pilots know know about it, you know, and then um, I mean, well, I don't for know safety purposes, at least. Yeah, but maybe again, it's like they go to their command, and the command doesn't really react. So maybe it's just like, oh, this is top secret. The command knows about it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of hypothesizing here, but it it does seem like kind of a likely thing. It's just these things seem so futuristic but then again they could just be some advanced drones and stuff so if the objects are what the pilot is purporting them to be something like a drone or something mm -hmm. uh that we don't as of right now have the capability to fly or to go that fast or whatever right then yeah that's man that's that's some terrifying stuff, frankly. Now, the uh, thing about these, I mean, we'll get into it more with the Tic Tac, but I don't know if these are going at, at that incredible of speeds, you know, where it's... Is it so then it's just the fact that he doesn't recognize what it is that's kind freaking of, him out? I think so. I mean, that's a good question, actually. I, well, One, yeah, because I, I think now... Now I'm kind of speculating because I don't remember exactly, but I think they may have been like dropping out of like really high... They may have been moving pretty fast. I, I don't know. It's hard okay. for me to say. I don't. I don't want to. Well, I mean, if it, it's, it's by definition, if it's unidentified, if you can't identify it, and you're a seasoned pro, then it's unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, I just want to know exactly what makes it um, impossible for him to identify it, and and I would think that would be the maneuvers that it was making. Yeah, that's true. But um, one of the one of the things that you said earlier really piqued my interest is that. Uh, apparently the the rest of the videos, the rest of the of the gimbal video is quote top secret. Yeah, it seems like um, I mean these are obviously they're really short clips, you know. And what would make the rest of it top secret? 
I don't know. Do you I see think... like a U.S. flag on one of these <laughs> right, right, things right. or like, a, you know, the hammer and sickle? <laughs> well, that's hard to say. But what I know is they clarify that. Yeah, this is just part of the video. And um, so to the Stars Academy. There's more to it. OK, you know. so was to the Stars Academy stonewalled? In getting the rest of it, or was Elizondo Stonewall? Yeah, getting well, the rest do you remember? Um, I kind of was explaining how that website, you know, they had like the CDs that they had gotten from top level of government, maybe through the Freedom of Information Act. So I think these are just the little clips that were on those videos. So who knows? Okay. What the whole video is that the military has or whatever. Okay. But apparently these ones were released, but there are several more there's there's a lot more footage but has been classified as top secret yeah and even the radar displays that show how much stuff was in the air and stuff because that a lot of this is coming just from what i listened to last night and this morning from uh, david fravor talking to joe rogan but uh like that would that's just by nature top secret the radar readouts and stuff because they don't want anyone knowing what their capabilities are okay so and that's going to have like the whole story that's what the asa is he refers he's like you know there's a whole fleet of them look at the asa and that's like the situa- situational awareness. Okay. So that, that has the whole like battlefield basically or the airfield. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that. That and, clears uh, it up for sure. And he said on there you can see the them flying in formation and everything. Um, well, I would love to see that. That's where a lot of this information comes from of like how fast they're moving and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm, I might have been conflating the, the tic-tac and then these objects which are different, you know. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, I was going to say something else, but I don't know what it is. So, um, let's see. So we're at 36 here. I guess we should just keep, keep moving on this yeah. episode then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's take it. Let's do the, the go fast one. All right. All right. <clears throat> you want to take a little break? Sure. Okay. Sure. So, uh, let's discuss the third chronological video. That was released by To The Stars Academy. It's called the Go Fast video. That's right. And then, um, yeah, I remember what I was going to say earlier, too, is uh, Fravor makes it clear that the Tic Tac video, which we haven't gotten into yet, but that one is the footage that's available to the public is the whole video. And the interesting thing about that is, like, there are other military personnel that were on the ship and everything that say there is a longer video, but he says that is not true. So... Weird. Yeah, so there's already some crosstalk going on and Ooh. you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is confusing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh muddy waters there. But um so the Go Fast video is the third video that was released by To the Stars Academy. It was released on March 9th, 2018, along with an article in the Washington Post by Christopher Mellon, who was discussing the Lapis episode. I don't know if you remember, he was a f- former deputy assistant secretary of defense under bill clinton and w bush and he's a current advisor to the stars academy and he (laughs) jeez i can't talk to to the stars academy whose website leaked some information you remember that i do you know yeah yeah and we read some of that information which was pretty intriguing too but um again the video itself isn't a smoking gun or the proof of extraterrestrial craft it is actually kind of underwhelming in my opinion um, if, if you're looking for some, some definite proof, um, what is more compelling is some of the background information associated with it. And a lot of that we've already gone over. Right. Right. Um, now what the video shows is a blurry white object that appears to be flying close to the ocean at a high speed. 
Although debunkers claim that a lot of the appearance of speed is due to the parallax motion between the object and the fighter jet, but we'll examine that a little bit more as we go over the uh, supporting evidence. Similar to the gimbal video, you can hear the excited pilots discussing what's going on in the footage while they're recording, and it sounds like they may be some kind of, uh, or maybe the same pilots that were in the gimbal video. They do have the same kind of California-ish accents. Yeah, I was... Um, they're throwing the dude around a lot. And I, I don't know if that's specific to California, but they definitely didn't have like a Southern or a Midwestern. They didn't have like a Southern twang or a, a Midwestern right. drawl or whatever you want to call it. I was, when you were watching them, I was kind of listening to the voices to see if I could match them. And I think, I think one of them is definitely the same guy, you know, but, um, I think, uh, that's another thing David Fravor confirmed in that interview I just listened to is that, uh, that it was the same weapons officer that, that recorded both of them. So I think, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a, I like to think that they saw the gimbal one and then they went after one of the smaller objects. And then because I think uh, that was uh, one of the ones that was in formation or whatever. Okay. But I don't really have a lot of evidence to back that up, but that's kind of the impression I got here. Um, So we also, um, Got to remember that this is confirmed by the Navy who have been recorded on the same day. So first of all, Lieutenant Ryan Graves clarifies during his interview on the History Channel show that this video is one of the objects that was flying in formation with the gimbal object. Okay, Perfect. There, there you go. Ba-boom. <laughs> so uh, another pilot from this flight group that appears on the show is Lieutenant Danny Aucoin, who confirms much of the information that Graves stated. There's a scene where Graves interviews Aucoin, and Aucoin says that the first time you see it, you think it could just be a false track. Then you have many sensors confirming and then you get a video lock and that confirms it for me. He says a coin goes on to state there were no distinct wings, no distinct tail and no exhaust and admits that it could have been a small drone. A coin says, quote, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I don't know that I would have believed it either. Unquote. A coin also states that the objects were obviously aware of the F 18s presence and would react to their movements. So just like Graves, Aquin confirms that he was unable to get any response from his command. Uh, Aquin said the commanding officer came in, looked at five seconds of the video, said, huh, and then just walked out. Huh. <laughs> Weird. So, so, yeah. So you kind of got to take both these videos together, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I think the most incredible part about it is just the, the testimonial from Graves. And uh, he's one of the guys that's been talking to uh, to Congress and stuff and really, I think, responsible for some of the changes that are going on in Navy protocol that's been in the headlines and everything. Oh. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Uh, just what like, changes in protocol? Well, they, they have changed the protocol to to report um, unidentifiable craft, basically. Oh. So situations like this. And they're taking it a little more seriously, it sounds like. Okay. Um, We'll get into it more next episode, but uh, a lot of the unidentified show goes over how how much of a stigma there is on this. You know, like I said, one of the pilots was spooked to even talk about it because he's probably an active pilot, doesn't want to interfere with his career. You know, you have to have a clear head to be able to fly these million dollar vehicles, you know. Yeah. And defend the nation and whatnot. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to mention, too. Um, is I think what it's going to take is almost like a whistleblower type thing for someone to actually fall on their sword and say, hey, this might mean the end of my career, um, but this is this is information that is vital 
absolutely vital to not just the American public, but the world public and us as human beings um, to know that there are things out there that we can't explain at this point. I mean, it might just be uh, top secret government stuff, but if it's if there's anything that's extraterrestrial in origin, I think that is something that should be in the public knowledge for sure. Or, I mean, it's just another level of technology, you know, which, yeah. which could change culture or humanity or for lack of a better word. Right. Um, definitely. Civilization. With, um, I mean, just with regards to the go fast video, I think um, it looked to me like it was just like an object that was flying straight. Right. <laughs> as far as I could tell. It was flying straight. It didn't look like it was changing altitudes. I mean, for what it's worth, it wasn't darting all over the screen, as far as I could tell. And that they got a they got a manual lock on it. No, it was an That's auto a, lock. I think he said. Oh, it was an auto. Yeah, he kind of. Okay. I think he kind of asked him like, "Did you get that yourself?" And he's like, "No, nah, I used the targeting computer or whatever." Okay. But uh, yeah, obviously they had a hard time locking it, and and you can tell he was excited when he got it. Right. If you remember, he's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, turn the volume down when you're watching this because it blasts. And then um, I didn't see flapping wings. I didn't see stationary right. wings. I didn't see. Well, that's the thing. You can't really make out any detail on no, it. You no, know? I didn't um, see exhaust. I didn't see bird farts. I didn't see. Uh, well, we're, we're about to get into all that and where they get these bird farts. From. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, gosh. No, no. But uh, little did you guys know that we were going to get <laughs> bird flatulence. Um so yeah, they uh now I'm distracted thinking about bird farts. Um but uh yeah, I think it's important to take these testimonials like and as I said, uh they it's basically confirmed that they had a visual lock on these things. So they thought they were pretty incredible and they're they're trained to to be able to identify things in the air, you know. I Yeah. I don't think they're going to be freaking out about a bird or anything. So on the, on the other hand, as the skeptics point out is it's and even the pilots, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, if you're just looking, you know, you've been on a plane before, it's kind of hard to tell how high up you are, um, see objects over it to know how close they are to the water or anything like that. Yeah. There's not really any frames of reference or anything, you know. Right. Um, all all you could see is the waves with with go fast. And now it did look like it was moving lickety split, but and, and these pilots have access to all the radar data and all that stuff. I mean, they they have more than that little camera that they're looking at, you know, while yeah. they're flying. And then when they get back to the base and review everything. So did it, it wasn't really clear to me. Was it clear to you how they originally came across this thing? Like, did one of them have a visual on it and go, Oh boy, I got to try and get a lock on this thing. Or was, or no, is it just I, I, no, I don't it, know. Don't okay. Know. I think, um, that's probably where it would have been helpful to have the guy from the gimbal video come forward and kind of explain, you know, and give a testimony, um, assuming that they're the same guys. Um, sounds like it did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I lost my train of thought there. So I don't know. It's pretty incredible stuff though. I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I tend to, to trust the pilots, you know, but then I could see them having a lot of faith in their radar equipment. The radars just kind of, I mean, who knows? Does that make You know what I'm, what I'm getting at? Like basically, uh, but then uh, Coin kind of sums that up. He's like, well, first, you know, you get a radar lock or whatever. You think, okay, whatever. Then you have a multiple systems locking on this object, and then you get a visual lock. And so, I, I mean, they have a protocol for it, you know. Well, it sounds like what you're saying is um, 
they rely a lot on the radar and you're relying on the radar to be accurate and everything. And you rely on the, uh, the, the HUD, the heads up display to be accurate right. and everything. And that makes sense. And the computers interpret. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, when you're flying machines like this, um, everything has to be accurate or the machine breaks down and you crash. And I you mean, need to know how to evaluate the information, the data that you're getting in real time. You right. Know? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and, and I think it's worth noting, they mention um, that these are some of the most uh, sophisticated sensors on the market. And that makes sense. I don't know what the price tag is on these. Um, did they say they're F eighteen Hornets or what kind of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're pretty. Yeah, pretty. Expensive. I don't. I don't know yeah. what the price tag is on these things, but I imagine that they're maintained extremely well. And like, uh, I mean, the def- given our military budget, I would hope that they're maintained yeah. extremely well. I can't even imagine how much it costs just to go on these these practice test runs. You know? Yeah, I mean, the amount of fuel you're burning and everything. Plus, you got everyone on the ship with the. Because it's basically, uh, as far as I understand it, you know, there's going to be a ship, like a radar ship, that's going to be the eyes for everyone. That's going to dis- display that AFA I was talking about, right? Or the a- one that ASA, the situational awareness. So that the one that's top secret. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to have like a radar that sweeps around like once every or twice every minute or so, you know, and gives a picture of everything that's in the sky or whatever. But that's what I mean too is like they're the eyes in the operation, but it's really guys down at the bottom of the boat looking at computer screens and and kind of analyzing the data, you know. So yeah. But I think they know what they're doing. I think they'd be able to tell a, you know, a fleet of advanced craft from a fleet of birds. I would hope. Yes. Otherwise, they uh, they need to work a little harder on it. I would say. Yeah. So there's here's three scenarios that I've thought of mm-hmm. in this situation. Yeah. Well, there's four. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. Uh-huh. One, it's an extraterrestrial object that's come in. Uh, that's just happened to cross this training exercise. Right. Two, but they're there every time, basically. So right. Like, it just became normal for them. They expected there'd be strange craft around. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Scenario, scenario one, mm-hmm. extraterrestrial craft that comes in and buzzes these training exercises. Right. Two, uh, foreign government. Right. Drone is what it sounds like. Coming and obviously, in, they're coming not going to... Buzzing these exercises. Which doesn't sound very likely because if it's a foreign government coming in there buzzing these exercises, they're going to get found out eventually and they're going to get shot down. That's an act of war for sure. Yeah. Fravor makes that point too in the interview. is like, you know, if a sub popped up that was monitoring everything, then there would be a huge reaction. So it's strange that these things are just operating with impunity, literally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three uh, scenario three. Mm-hmm. It's made by the this drone or whatever it is is made by the U.S. government, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's just testing its own capabilities against F A eighteen Hornets and its ability to avoid detection or its ability to avoid a lock. I think that kind of stuff. I that's think a, that, that could be a good. That's the most likely scenario besides the ET. I mean, I don't know if ET or that would be more likely, you know, but yeah. those are the two that I think really account for it. It could be a foreign power, but that just seems risky to be sending yeah. invading airspace. And I mean, obviously they're not going to have markings on them or anything that advertises where <laughs> right. they're from, but, um, but you haven't heard my scenario for yet. Oh, I thought, okay. Yeah. yeah my fourth scenario and I'm leaning towards this to be bird honest. Farts. Yes. <laughs> it's a really gassy bird, man. That's just trying to get out of this. This It sees all these other, what it thinks are birds flying around at incredibly high rates of speed. And it's like, I have all this gas and I need to get rid of it. And so it's just trying to hightail it out of there. That makes so a lot of this sense to is, me too. 
the unluckiest bird in the world in the Arabian Gulf. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Seriously. Did you? Ga- have, gassy did you? bird. That's that's scenario four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. So what do you, I'm leaning towards scenario one and three. In all honesty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Me too. Um, and I never thought I would be saying that. You know, unidentified. You know, extraterrestrial phenomena would be numero uno. The the but, thing is, yeah, you got these clear-eyed military guys, and you you take their evaluations pretty seriously, you know. And they wouldn't be coming out and just joking around about this stuff. And the, the other thing I was thinking is uh, that kind of explains it and why why it would be released to the public is. And I need to really study this. I mean, we talk about this pretty much every episode, you know. But if it was like a top secret thing, and then this is a dif- disinformation campaign for foreign governments to be like, oh, they've got these aliens here too or whatever, these strange craft, but then they're really U.S. craft collecting data or whatever, especially if they're showing up on the battlefield, um, which I think explains scenario three yeah. as well. Is there, okay, now we're going to test them in live combat. And the best way to test them would be to so the pilots don't know anything and then they try maneuvers. They even get close to some of the pilots and um, see I just what want, happens, you know. I wonder where these things would launch from and how, I mean, there would have to be a massive... Uh, they would have to section off a huge section of the military to to yeah. have privileged access to that information about building these drones, about where to launch them, when to launch them, how to launch them. Right. Um, so that in itself, I think, would require uh, compartmentalization is the word I'm looking for. But it seems like they could do that. You well, know? I mean, they again, I think they've done it before with the, you know, people would spot triangles in the air thinking they're, aliens and then the government would say yeah i don't we don't know what it is you know and then 15 20 years later it's like oh yeah that's a stealth bomber yeah so it's hard to say especially not being a military man myself but um nor am i it does seem hard well yeah i mean i don't know they could keep they could probably keep a secret if they want to but um i just i don't know you know or there's scenario four farty bird (laughs) exactly i mean I hadn't really considered it before, but I'm starting to come around to your theory here. Um, so, well, let's get into what the debunkers say, because this is kind of interesting, too. All um, right. What's your definition of a debunker, by the way? Um, guys that go on a website and start breaking down the data that they have. And um, I'll kind of get into it here. Uh, maybe I should save it for the end. But, yeah, these I don't know. On, on a, Well, let me let me just read what I've written already and then I can add to that. Well, later. well just real quick. Are, oh, yeah. Is your definition of a debunker someone who is unwilling to change their mind about something? That's kind of the crux of it. It okay. seems almost unscientific. Like they're, they're using the data to work towards a preconceived notion. And they're, yeah, they're not really keeping it open that it could just be something unexplainable, you know, or something that we're not familiar with or Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is there a difference between just, and I'm doing this just to get, just to get, you know, so we can use definitions either interchangeably or not interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Do you view a debunker as the same thing as a skeptic? Or do you think a skeptic is Uh, different than a debunker? Yeah. A skeptic would be more the first definition that we just said, where he's like very skeptical. Oh, I guess that's not true, huh? But uh, for me, a debunker is someone that looks at the data and says, no, this does not mean a UFO or anything that it could be identified as this, this or this or something like that, you know? So they're debunking the theory that these are extraterrestrial craft basically. Okay. Based off the data. And it doesn't necessarily have to, in my mind, do with a preconceived notion, but that could be the, the conclusion they came from when they're looking at the data. Um, a skeptic would be, 
Yeah, someone who has a preconceived notion. But then that could be the same thing, too. Is I'm kind of using them interchangeably. Honestly. Because I consider myself a skeptic, but I'm open to having my mind changed. Right. So right. I don't know what kind of category you would put me into just in terms of your definitions. And I just wanted to, I uh, just wanted to, you know, for our yeah. audience's sake, when you refer, when both of us refer to skeptics and or debunkers. Well, I wouldn't call you a debunker because you're not sitting here doing calculations right. with the videos or <laughs> yeah, anything, you know, yeah. and you're not saying, well, this because of data at point A, B and C, then this cannot be this, you know, um, that's what I consider a debunker. Someone that's doing the work and explaining it. Okay. Um, or runs a website that says, um, you know, nine 11 was not an inside job because of this and this or something like that. Okay. You know? Um, that makes sense. And a skeptic would be someone that's like, well, I'm not too sure about that really. Um, it could be anywhere from, yeah, I definitely won't believe that. And that's like a super skeptical person, you know, but then it could be someone like us. It's like, well, my first conclusion isn't that it's ET visiting us, but right. I mean, you know, I consider myself skeptical, but at the same time I'm keep, you know, I'm becoming less skeptical looking at this data, you know? Um, but at the same time, we're still really considering that it could be a man-made, even an inside military job or whatever. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Clarifying. <laughs> you got it. Clearasil. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I mentioned, as the listener probably knows, these videos and press releases have excited a lot of UFO believers, but they have also caused quite a lot of skepticism. And then, and just to answer your question further, like I, I kind of interchange skeptic and debunker just so I'm not saying the same word over and over in this, but, um, okay. I kind of, yeah, interchange them. Um, I'll provide a lot of the links in the show description. So if the listener wants to look at some of the arguments themselves, they're welcome to. And I spent like a night or two just going through blog posts and, uh, they're really interesting. I mean, they get in depth and the research and analysis is just, it's really well done, you know, I'm sure. But they they do kind of come across as know-it-alls. and yeah. But uh, I think it's uh, worth noting that a lot of the theories debunking these videos were formed before the pilot statements were released to the public through the History Channel. And it doesn't seem like they have been updated since the new information was released. So to clarify, you know, does that make sense? Like they're just going straight off the videos and they, I think a lot of times at the, at the time of release, it's like the next day they're like, Oh, okay, well this isn't true. This isn't true. And blah, blah, blah. And then there's a lot of speculation about the pilots and they're being new and stuff. Okay. So they were jumping to conclusions before all the information was available. Kind of. And, and I mean, some of them admitted like, well, we're just going off of this, but what I'm showing here, it's, you know, they're looking for a smoking gun really, which as I clarified, these videos in themselves are not necessarily smoking guns. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I also have to say that the debunkers make some really good points that are really convincing, but I generally get the feeling that the debunkers are a little overconfident in the theories that they have come to with their limited data data. And they seem to take it as a foregone conclusion that there is no possibility that the videos show actual anomalies. These skeptics admittedly ignore or dismiss any backup radar data or eyewitness accounts that may be available, which will become even more important when we examine the Nimitz incident next week. Again, these theories were formed when the videos were new, so they had no data to go off besides the videos themselves. So if I haven't said it like three times already, you get that? Yeah. <laughs> They're just going off the videos. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of disappointing because I would think since they go into so much in-depth analysis, like I could come back now and, and they've seen the show and been like, well, now you can explain it this. You know what I mean? Like, you would think they would keep adding to it, but it seems like they reach the conclusion like, nope, that's what it is. And then, then let's move on, you know? Yeah. Which seems somewhat unscientific. 
Um, so uh, I was kind of telling you about this guy. Uh, one of the main debunkers online of these videos is Mick West, who was a programmer for the Tony Hawk games, who runs the Metabunk website and was recently interviewed on the Joe Rogan experience. I have included a clip where Joe Rogan is talking to West about how crazy Tom DeLonge is, and they are both dismissing to the Stars Academy as a hoax. Uh, this does seem to be the general conceit behind the skeptics' attitudes that to the Stars Academy is obviously just a money grab, you know, ripping off gullible people that want to believe. Um, of course, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, as we have mentioned more than once, and to these skeptics, the videos just don't count as sufficient evidence to be convinced. But to, to paraphrase a commenter on the Joe Rogan video, I both admire and dislike how confident this guy is, meaning Mick West. <laughs> I mean, that, that sums it up perfectly. It's like, well, I admire him, but uh, God, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so besides the fact that it seems obvious to West that To the Stars Academy is just a blatant cash grab, his main theory behind the gimbal video is that what we are seeing in the video is actually an artifact of the gimbal imaging system in the FLIR camera either a lens flare or a reflective object in the distance. And he, he basically settled on a reflective object in the distance. He thinks they're looking at like a plane or something. And you know, this kind of gets dismissed when you say, well, they had all this radar data to back up exactly where it was and everything. Um, and they have training to, to analyze that kind of stuff. But um, West even theorizes that the name of the video may come from being used internally in the military to train pilots themselves about the artifact caused by the internal gimbal in the camera system. Oh, okay. Now the reason I'm going over this in so much detail, because like I said, it, you know, that kind of ignores all the testimonial about it. Um, but a lot of people online in the comments and everything there said, well, this is BS, you know, like this was dismissed, like it's this and this and this. So, you know, I don't know how much research these commenters are doing, but this seems to be the go-to is they go, well, is this real? They get this website and they're like, oh, okay, well, it's just an artifact in the camera. You know what I mean? So a lot of people are, are taking him as like, Mick West, meaning as the truth teller, you know, and then to the stars is just a hoax basically. But then he's just dismissing all this yeah. data that's come out since. So it's, well, to the stars has done kind of an interesting thing for me. Um, I think uh, I'm still in the extremely elaborate cash grab yeah, camp. Yeah. You know, it is a really elaborate cash grab mm -hmm. that they're doing if it is one. Um, but they are sort of kind of a little bit starting to put their money where their mouth is. I mean, they have releasing stuff. Um, it seems like they, I mean, they've changed military protocol about this and they've changed some, some policy and stuff. It seems like they're really bringing this stuff to light. I've got to say to the stars has, you mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're behind all these videos yeah. and they're, they're giving, you know, Dave Fravor and Lieutenant Graves a lot of publicity and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. They're still not at the now. Let me let me mm -hmm. let me clarify. They're still not at the point where I believe one hundred percent that Tom DeLonge has had access to privileged information and he just can't share it with people. Right. Uh, I don't know how much of that is true, but I think it's honorable to have some kind of Freedom of Information Act uh, blitz to try and get as much information out to the public as possible. And whether that's to the stars or Tom DeLonge or uh, what's the gentleman's name? Elizondo, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah, I think um, Elizondo and Mellon are the real the real players there because they're the link between the military and the civilians, you know. OK. And they would have access to a lot of data. Now, 
Elizondo even more because he was part of the military, although he was, you know, the guy in the Pentagon that's investigating this stuff. So, and then Mellon, he's involved with politicians. So how much is the military going to want politicians getting involved in their black budget projects and stuff? You know, you don't want, yeah, that you don't really want oversight in that stuff. And you don't want a politician spilling any beans or anything. So. No, not at all. You want an unelected official <laughs> getting, right, right. Uh, getting uh, at the at the controls for that. Right. Um, Someone uh, with zero accountability. But uh, yeah, it's hard because as we went over before, Elizondo, he's he's so likable. You want to trust him. But then that's how that's how a face is. You know, you want. I mean, that's why they get chosen for the job, you know? Yeah. Um, so I won't, I won't get too much into the details, but basically back to the, uh, this theory about the camera, it's, um, it's mounted inside a tube shaped somewhat like a missile. And basically it's got like a little, like a rounded front that can move around like, like a little face or head, you know, it just kind of, I moved my hand for Tom like here off mic, but, uh, like, it, yeah, yeah. Like an eye where the, yeah, basically it's just like, a, and then it's got, um, it's got a couple windows in it. So, uh, you know, it rotates to allow the camera to stay focused on an object while it tracks it. Uh, this image is also processed and filtered by the computer system before it gets to the monitor in order to give the pilot a clear view of what they're targeting. The circumstantial evidence that this theory is based on is that the object in the video starts rotating exactly when the fighter jet itself rotates. So the theory is that it was targeting a common flare or reflective object and the computer was trying to adjust it to the best possible image to account for the different angle, which caused the object to appear to rotate. There's also a lot of analysis of the movement of the clouds against the object in order to ascertain the distance and motion of the object. Honestly, I can't stress enough how much investigation the debunkers have done, and they also show all of their work, so I, I wish that To The Stars Academy would put as much effort and transparency into their analysis of it. Well, the gimbal video, what was interesting to me is that the... Uh, the clouds didn't rotate with the object, right? right. It's not like the, it's not like this was a still picture. And then like if you're editing something like a picture on your phone and you want to make it horizontal as opposed to vertical or whatever, it moves the entire picture. It's just the one thing in the middle, the, the object itself that was, that was rotating. Well, it actually, it, it kind of does. And, and again, Fravor in his interview with Rogan, he kind of goes into this too, where he, he explains while Rogan's looking at it, like, see, you can see that the jet starts to turn here and then now it's heading towards the object. So if you can picture it, and there's a lot of analysis, of this on the Metabunk website, but, um, you can see the clouds. They're kind of flowing by. It looks kind of like a video game, you know, with the parallax motion and stuff, like two layers. And 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 uh, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. But um, and we're talking about gimbal here. Not, yeah, yeah, not exactly. Okay. And then the the things the gimbal's kind of sitting there. It looks the same. And then they kind of do change their rate. And you can see, I think, on the numbers that the the ship's kind of changing or tilting and leaning into the turn. And then it starts rotating. So it it does kind of make sense. And there's also evidence they show on these bunk debunction websites where um, I like that word, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. That that needs to be a new word. I keep I kept trying to type it, and I got I was like, oh yeah, it's not a word. Okay, the, the, oh it is, <laughs> it is now. You've just made it a word, man. That was also uh, I just listened to that that chasing shadows um, book review that we did, and uh, that was the name of their website was debunction. Oh, but um, <laughs> so I think of that every time I say it, but um. Yeah, basically they uh 
you can see that it it is kind of reacting to the movement of the ship. And and Fravor even says in the interview that like, see now the ship's heading directly towards the object. So the object is reacting to the to the movement of the ship. Yeah, and and I'll get into that here too. So so it it's true that the motion that you can see in there is reacting to the movement of the the jet because you got a you got a picture you know it's like trying to videotape something while you're in the car or something you know like everything extremely fast yeah yeah exactly very fast and who knows the distances here so and and they get down to it they start measuring the pixels and the rate of the movement of the clouds and everything you know because again they're just going off of these videos that they have so wow um so like i said this is a very good and convincing theory and a lot of very smart investigative work went into it. But of course, this ignores all the incredible firsthand eyewitness accounts from the pilots themselves that I just explained. And I, I can't emphasize this enough, apparently. Yeah. Um, the skeptics seem to believe that the pilots put too much faith in the tech that they're using, which could be a valid point. There's also a lot of talk on the Metabunk side about how raw the pilots sound on the video. But to me, they just sound how I would expect some young, excited military personnel to sound when they're talking to each other. Um, basically specifically on the go fast, you know, people are speculating like, uh, these are just guys out on a training run and they're just testing out their equipment and they're excited to lock on to something or something, you know, but obviously from the, the pilot accounts, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And they did sound young, but that doesn't mean that they're not experts in their field. Yeah. It's pretty much uh, how I would expect some military bros to be talking to each other, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to say another reason that the rotation of the object could match the movement of the F-18 could be because the object they were targeting was responding to the F-18's movement itself. That's, that's what I was which wondering would about. match with the pilot's testimonials of the object responding to the jet's presence and obviously being aware. Now, I don't know if that analysis comes from watching that video and putting faith in how the thing moves. The other thing, um, is that, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm untrained on here. So, I'm just listening to the hum in the background. <laughs> it's so distracting me. I'm sorry if the audience can hear that. Um, but uh, should we do an episode about the hum? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, I don't. I think we're being monitored here. No, it's actually just my computer interfering with some cables or something. But um, so they. Uh, uh, no, I'm just. <laughs> no, I just well, totally let me, distracted let me, myself. Let me, yeah. let me chime in here for a second. Yeah. Um, with regarding to eyewitness testimony in terms of the law, it's, it's, it's given equal weight. I mean, eyewitness testimony is theoretically as persuasive or it's given as much weight as a video. Um, it's all up to the jury to believe whatever they, um, it's all, it's all depends on whatever the jury chooses to believe as mm-hmm. credible. So when you get a video like this, like the gimbal video, and like the go fast video and you have something you have reactions to the video that these people are experiencing at the same time um there's this there's this thing in the law called an excited utterance which is an exception to the hearsay rule where people who are excited or are observing something at once uh at observing something um they don't really have time to lie mm-hmm. in order to make up something like contemporaneous like that. So they're watching something, um, something that they don't understand or something that's shocking to them. And they say something that can be accepted as testimony. And I'm totally like 
paraphrasing that hearsay rule because I haven't studied it in a long time. Right. But no, it makes well, sense. But, to but me. bottom mean, line is, you got a video of some weird stuff happening. You've got audio of people reacting to the weird stuff happening at that time. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that they're they're correct in right. their, in their analysis of it. But what it shows is that this tends to be something out of their realm of experience. At least that's what the video and showed I, to me. And so I don't think it's something like. Uh, and, and if these are the seasoned pilots that, uh, what's the gentleman's name? I don't know if they're necessarily seasoned, but they're definitely trained. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that's what the, the skeptics or the debunkers are, are latching on to is, and that's why they said, well, these guys sound like fresh recruits and they might be blown away by anything and they're just playing with their toys or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, that I think it's a way to dismiss their excited reaction because like you latched onto, yeah, these guys obviously are pretty blown away by what they're seeing. Right. So. And it's happening to them instantly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're faking it and you know, they're also close. So they're, they're just being honest with each other. I think. You know? Yeah. So I, at least at the very least, I, I tend to believe that what they were witnessing was out of their realm of experience. Um, and it wasn't something like a, like I, I thought maybe originally like they could have just been making doing some kind of hoax going like, oh, God, what is that, guys? Oh, right. right. But uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case after watching it. And we have to remember that the other testimonial, I mean, plus they're looking at other radar data and, and they have more information than we have, um, which is all, you know, the skeptics all admit this. I'm not saying that they're just ignoring all this. They, it has been mentioned. But. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, basically, as the skeptics say, like uh, we're not looking at the whole picture here. So just going off this video, this is what I take from it. But blah, blah, right. Blah. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. But you do kind of have to take their word once again on this thing. Like they know what they're talking about, and um, I just wish the pilots themselves would come forward and not be afraid. Yeah, but that testimony about these guys seeing amazing stuff every time they went up, and and it's well known and they start trading tapes and stuff and just talking about it openly. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, so, um, yeah, let's get into some of the debunks on the go fast video here. Sure. Um, as you might expect, there's a good deal of skepticism about the go fast video as well. Basically within a day of the video's release, the Metabunk gang was pretty convinced that the video just showed a bird or maybe a balloon slowly flying over the ocean. Again, there's quite a lot of imagine or <laughs> not imaginative, well, imaginative investigative work done using the data available on the heads-up display shown in the video itself. Basically, they took the speed and altitude of the F-18 and measured that against the distance and angle of the targeted object in order to calculate the altitude and speed of the targeted object to find that it wasn't actually going that fast and that the object was flying at a height about midway between sea level and the F-18. I was trying to find the data on that. The... Um, basically used knots and then I couldn't really find the altitude. So I kind of gave up, but um, you know, what they're trying to prove is that it wasn't like right on the surface of the ocean, which it kind of, I guess a lot of the documentation kind of leads you to believe. Okay. Um, West even measures how many pixels long the image is to determine that the object is approximately 6.6 feet long or so. Wow. Um, He also posts a homemade video (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> showing how parallax motion can make a stationary object appear to move against the background if the camera is moving as you can. So six and a half, 6.6 feet. Are you six? Are you six? six? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like six, four, six, five or so. So, okay. Um, but yeah, the, uh, 
that video is pretty interesting. That that's one of the things that Mick West does, and it's pretty convincing. Is he does his own experiments, you know, to kind of prove his theories. And and he has one where it's like a he's taking a video out of a car of just like a golf ball hanging from a tree, and um, you know, obviously the background looks like it's moving pretty fast while the camera moves. But the golf ball is stationary. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so um, but. I mean, again, all this analysis and information is really interesting, but it doesn't really rule out anything that the pilots claimed um, to me. Uh, And this analysis was all done with the assumption that the video was not showing anything out of the ordinary and with only the information that was contained in the video. And I think it's important to remember that these are just small clips of longer videos, maybe just the part that was cleared for public release, as we kind of talked about. So just to clarify it is he Mick West thinks that it's um could be a balloon or or what else? Uh yeah, he said it, it's probably a balloon or the the overriding theory seems to be that it's like a drone maybe or oh. a um a bird just kind of like soaring there. You know, like a, a seagull. A six and a half foot bird. Well, <laughs> yeah, they were doing a lot of research on that like pulling up local birds and stuff like that too. So they thought of a couple of them that it could be But anyway, so one last quick link that I wanted to mention and share that I found during my research was our old friend Jeremy Corbell's response to the debunkers claims. Oh, I think I showed you a little snippet of this article. Like I was reading, I was like, oh, this is this is pretty good. You know, he's like talking about the unknown and all this stuff. And then I I got to the end. I was like, oh, it's Jeremy. Wait a minute. I know that prose. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. The funny thing is he, he is actually in the interview with David Fravor that I keep referencing with Joe Rogan. And and towards the end of it, again, he starts taking over the conversation, you know, not as bad, but, um, and I kind of like the guy, but it's just, it's funny. Um, so uh, Corbell doesn't go into as much depth in his analysis as the debunkers do, but he gives a poetic reading of the situation and shares an expert testimonial from someone familiar with these targeting systems named David Falk. And uh, much like the experts on the History Channel show that Elizondo shows the videos to, Falk, or maybe Falch, F-A-L-C-H, thinks that the uh, gimbal video seems very unusual and cannot think of what kind of craft it might be. Fouch also shares a, sorry, sorry, man, I don't mean to be making fun of your name if you, uh, well, we'll call you Falk. Uh, Falk also shares a testimonial of a strange object that he and his coworkers spotted floating in the sky while using his, their own imaging systems. So it's kind of interesting if you guys want to look at that. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the account of those two videos. Like I said, we can get into the, the Nimitz one because that's going to that's gonna take some discussion too. And that one's, that one's really intriguing. That's from back in 2004 off the coast of San Diego. So close Sweet. By. I think we've, we've kind of discussed it before, but we'll go yeah. over it. Um, so, yeah, you got any thoughts on this? I mean, we've kind of been going over it. I think, I think you know, so, I wanted yeah. to get into your theories and stuff, but we got, we got your four theories. It's either. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going, uh, I'm going unidentified well i'm going extraterrestrial as numero uno not most likely but just you know yeah number one i don't think my number two scenario is as likely that would be the foreign power one um number three would be top secret military um and you're basically you're ruling out a foreign power just because yeah that would why they would do that all over the place and i think the military would be taking a little well, well, I think, like you said, it's an act of war. I think it could right. be considered an act of war, and I think they would probably be testing that on their own soil or on their own. Um, but at what point uh, do you just start using it? You know, once it's good. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And and the the fourth one, man, I think the bird fart uh, that's that's fallen by the wayside at this point. I'm starting to not. 
I mean, the, here's the thing. If it's a six and a half foot bird, <laughs> exactly. that thing's got some serious gas. So there you go. But, but, there, but there is no exhaust trail or anything like that or no heat signature. So right. that kind of rules that out. But you know what? Actually, you know, I've heard that seagulls can't fart. Is that true? Because if you give well, them alka yeah, seltzer, yeah. if you give them alka seltzer, they too, explode. Yeah. There's so, that horrible act of cruelty that you can do to a bird. Is give, I don't know if all birds are incapable of farting. Right. But. We'll have to research it, I guess. But um, <sighs> it's kind of inconclusive at this point. So I'm going. I think in order of likeliness, I'm going to go um, U.S. military top secret drone type thing, um, extraterrestrial unknown to humanity or and then the third one i think would have to be in terms of likeliness would be bird fart i think um the uh when you put it against other accounts that are out there because you know i've been clicking a lot of links and reading a lot of stuff man it just it paints this picture that the military has been experiencing stuff like this for a long time you know and then um i kind of talked about it but i want to get into it more detail uh, next week because I actually, yeah, I talked to my grandma about her sighting that she had, you know, back in the day. Cool. So it was really interesting. I mean, she has no reason to make it up. She's not going around telling everyone about it or anything. It just sounds like, as she said, you know, you don't believe it. And then you see it for yourself and you instantly accept it, you know, because you just saw it. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, I guess that's it. Um, so Nimitz. Now, now, what about in in context with the? I don't know if you remember too well, but the documents that you were reading, you know, about the overview of of ATIP, about like being able to invade bases and and go through walls and stuff like that. Remember all that sci fi stuff? Like, man, if you hold that up with all this evidence, it sounds more and more extraterrestrial, honestly, or like something that's way more advanced than we are. You know, so yeah. That would, <laughs> it's just, that, yeah. That, again, that's there's a, like such a stigma, even though we're doing a podcast about it, it's like, it's so hard to accept that as a reality without feeling foolish. You know, I mean, there's a huge stigma. Well, that's natural. Yeah. Do you know, that's natural to not accept something unless you can actually see it for yourself. And right. Unless you can experience it for yourself. I mean, so it, do, it does feel foolish. And I think that's by nature. Again, I think it's kind of like, uh, ghosts or something like that you know yeah. like um it's hard to take it seriously unless as you said you see one for yourself or something not you know just to take an example or even like religion you know like you know why would there be god in this crazy effed up world but then like something miraculous happens to you or something that right. you believe to be miraculous and you're like well yeah it all makes sense to me now or something you know i don't know yeah that was a good hey that's a good analogy right there man it's a it's a crazy world we live in i gotta say that so and the universe is a big place and it's easy to think of us at the pinnacle of civilization and technology, but that's not the case. I mean, we got a lot to learn, you know? We sure do. And as you said, just the sheer staggering size of the universe, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if we were the only intelligent life form in the known universe. But, I mean, once again, does that mean that we're being visited by ET. I don't, I don't think so. Just, right. just by, but just by sheer, um, just because something else is out there doesn't mean that they've been here. Yeah. It's, uh, again, that David Fravor interview, it's, it's pretty interesting because, you know, he's just kind of like a, a military skeptical guy, but then after he sees this thing, I don't, they just start talking, but then they start talking about Bob Lazar. And again, I think, 
I mean, we were pretty unconvinced by the end of that one, but um, eh, who knows, man? I don't know. I'm becoming more open-minded because I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's, it's just hard to, uh, to theorize about it without seeing it yourself or anything. So depends on what you're willing to believe, I guess. True. Um, I know. Anything else you want to add on here? I don't think so. I think, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the, to the Nimitz, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a pretty crazy story. We'll, we'll fire up the Nimitz ne- next week for you guys. And I just want to say, you know, thank you to everyone who's been listening. And yeah. And been uh, coming along with us on this journey. This is really fun for me. I'm sure it's fun for Grant, too. He's been, as I said many times before, he's taken the laboring oar of this in terms of doing all the research and everything. So big thanks to Grant. Big thanks to all you guys for listening. And... um yeah, yeah, thank you, man. I, I, it is a lot more work than I thought it would be at first. <laughs> yeah. And even just editing the, the dang uh, clips and everything and, or, uh, you know, editing us and uh, uploading it and stuff. But it's really, really fun, too. And, and now that we've got it, got it up there, it's yeah, we're up and running it's fun to see. I mean, people yeah. are downloading it. Not a lot of people yet, but um, well, thank you to everyone who has downloaded and followed. And if you could uh, just you know, like and subscribe and rate and all that. And just comment too. I mean, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. We want few, I was realizing we keep saying comment, but there's no real way to do it besides iTunes. So I was thinking we should give our email out, you know, and people can email us. Um, yeah. I would like to know if there's any stories you guys want to hear about and have us go over or anything like that. Cause I know there's a lot of stories out there that I, I keep seeing new things every day, you know? So it's a uh, good call. So maybe plethora. we could, maybe we could post our email in the, yeah, it's a uh, show notes. Well, it's a R U F O real podcast at gmail.com. So A R E U F O R E A L P O D C A S T at gmail.com. R U F O real podcast at gmail.com. That's Gmail <laughs> as in Gregory mail. <laughs> G as in go. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. Thanks, guys. It's it's exciting to see that people we're, we're worldwide, baby. We yeah. got like we're everywhere. I mean, just, shout out just to like all. one download in each country. But you know, it's cool. Shout out to all you people from the Netherlands. <laughs> now I don't know if people are just shutting it off after like a minute. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Love you. Love you.